You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> it's, uh... Oh. What's that from? There's your movie game for this week. Truman Show. Truman Show. Truman Show. Correct. Um, what have we got to talk about before the, uh, after the show? Um, my stomach feels bad at the moment. So I if you are farting and burping, it should talk, not me. That's a warning. <laughs> um, we were ta- talking about anything. We were having a non-marital... I mean, a marital quietness. We were talking about Windows Update, but it's really boring. Windows Update and my <laughs> power thing, so I don't have to wiggle yeah. my mouse so my monitor doesn't go off, and more about my stomach feeling crappy and it's we're hot start, in here. We're talking about Windows Update and how... Our conversations aren't always top quality. How there's never a convenient time to reboot your computer. When it when it says, you need to reboot to do update, n- never good, is it? Because you always think, well, when I get up to leave, then I'll let yeah, it reboot. And then you never forget. It. You know, it's the, se- it's the same thing as... Um, Mine's been sat there for two days telling me I need to reboot. But it's also the same thing for... I have a wireless mouse that I have to put on a charger. I always, in, in my mind, it flashes up and says your battery is low on your mouse. And I say to myself, I'll put that I'll put that in the charger uh, when I get up. See, and then I just, when I leave, it, I just leave it I just did back. mine because you just said it. So I'm gonna I always run out of battery because you don't think about it. You just walk away. And then you come back and you go, crap, I've been away for two hours. That could have been charged up. So there's never a good time to charge your mouse. There's never a good time to... You're slave to your computer. Correct. So it is Saturday, May the 12th, 2012. This is after the show number 223. We're looking at the movie The Grey on Blu-ray. It's a 2011 movie. It'll be released on Blu-ray on the 15th of the 5th, which is this coming Tuesday. It's an R-rated movie. The tagline for it is, Live or Die on This Day. Which would become, which is a good tagline if you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. It's from our friends at Universal, and Sid Talk here is going to give you the synopsis of the movie. Speaking of the fifteenth, that's the day I have to go to court for my speeding ticket. <laughs> so that DVD is coming, Blu-ray is coming out, and I'm going to go argue my case. And this movie is not about speeding tickets. It's a uh, the name is The Gray. I don't want to give a lot away. Well, let's let's just spoil spoil the uh, review. If you've not seen the movie, because um, I want to talk about this movie, so if you've right. not seen the movie, don't listen. Right. In fact, turn it. off, go and see the movie, then come back <laughs> and listen to it. Always. Yes. Always. So, yeah, um, there will be spoilers. And if you're the kind of person that likes to hear all this stuff before you watch a movie, then you're crazy. Then fa- fair enough. No, you're that. crazy. It is, um, well... At the heart, it's man versus himself, man versus nature. A man and a group of men facing a challenge of survival in nature and against one another. So it's man versus man, man versus himself, man versus nature. Oh, and man versus society. They've got everything wrapped up in here. Because that's it, really. Is it man versus food as well? <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Food yes. versus man, man. Ver- yeah, all right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the grey. I uh, didn't know very much about this movie to be honest. Never seen a trailer. I knew it existed. I didn't know what it was about. The only picture I had in my head was Liam Neeson's face. Uh, yeah. And some snow. So I kind of had the idea there was snow and Liam Neeson. 
looking uh, kind of grim. Gray. <laughs> looking yeah. gray. Yeah, like a grayish blue uh, tinge to him. Um, so, we go into this movie, it's a, like you say, like a survival story. So I'm going to tell you what I like about this movie. All right. One of my favorites... Are you doing that technique where you butter them up and then bring them down at the end? Um, maybe, maybe not. Okay. One of my favorite plane crash scenes in recent memory... Oh my god, it was fantastic. It was so visceral. Yeah. And I, I just want to preface that with... I really like plane crash scenes in movies, and there are lots of them. If you go back over, there's lots sure. of plane crash scenes. And what I like is when somebody does it a little bit differently. And I feel they did it a little bit differently here because it felt really real. Absolutely. Um, Terrifying. Some of, the, some of them are really glamorized and like the, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, uh, if you can glamorize a plane crash, but no, um, some of them are really Hollywoody. Let's this one's not Hollywood. say, we don't like plane crashes. No, I like them in movies. In movies, when someone's depicting the horror of a plane crash, you can have the slow motion stars tumbling and things and their hair flying or you can have this one where you felt I felt like I felt like I was on the plane with them I needed to hang on like it was terrible because they kind of built it up rather than just going oh here's some guys on a plane boo 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 here it crashes they kind of showed you the turbulence it was kind of light hearted for a while and then the weirdness with the cold? That, that was, was really so weird, because I didn't know what was happening. That was so bizarre. Did you, was you kind of like, because I, I was looking at the screen, I was like, what exactly is happening? I, I, and then, uh, then I realized, because yeah. the stewardess was just closing the curtains really gently, as though nothing was wrong. But clearly there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. It was just weird. Um, the other thing I loved about this movie, and you should experience this on Blu-ray disc with a surround sound system, because the sound makes this movie way more exciting you it know it's it cold <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's got superb surround sound like it's got it makes it feel like it's more dangerous than it is like Absolutely. the wind noises the noises of the antagonists in this movie all around you um it's it's crazy surround sound i, I loved it the um the way it was orchestrated um the other thing i really loved about it was the setting. I, I don't know where it was. Mm-hmm. Well, they said they're going to a city in Alaska. So we're going to assume it's either Russia, like that end of, you know, that end of uh, that side of things over there. Russia it was Russia up over there. Yeah. Or northern uh, Canada, Alaska up in Yeah, there. that's what I thought. I th- I, it's cold. You know, I don't know the behind the scenes. amazing looking. Yeah, I didn't look into the behind the scenes, but I will listen to the commentary this week. But... Um, yeah, I get the feeling it was Canada, but yeah, it's beautiful looking and it's snowy. Um, there's some fake CG snow on sure. at times, obviously, because and all of it could be fake, as far as we know. Yeah, it we could. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is the 21st century. But yeah, I love the setting of it, you know. And I, I really like um, against all odds kind of movies like Castaway or this mm-hmm. or or another one that I'll be recommending this week. I like them because it always feels like there's no hope. And I like that. I don't want to be in that situation, but I like it in the uh, you know in a story because you know this isn't anything new, really. No. Nope. Um, you have a bunch of characters who don't like each other, do like each other. It's it's very um, struggling to survive. It's broad, isn't it? We've seen it before. In fact, the second recommendation I have in my recommendations is pretty much that. Yeah. It's just in a different setting, but um, it, so it's nothing new in that respect. But. I'll go into a little deeper when I tell you what I thought of it. I think they, I think, 
it was really put together well. And the... Oh, what I really liked as well is, uh, we didn't mention, uh, Liam Neeson's job, why he is in this um, Antarctic mm-hmm. type of place, is uh, for oil uh, prospectors. He's a spotter, as they call him. So, like, there's, yeah, there's, there's uh, dangerous animals running, running amok in the uh, Arctic. So when they're out in the field looking for places to drill for oil, he sits with a sniper rifle and makes sure the men don't get killed by wild animals. Interesting job. Probably exists. I was right? going to say, does that exist? Well, I mean, yeah, it's dangerous, isn't it? You know, a polar bear could come or, I don't know, anything. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I loved the idea of that job and the idea of the people who are in that job. Yeah. And not the best people, really. The kind of people who want to escape from something or... Need to escape from yeah. something. But, again, that's a tale as old as time as well. Yep. It's like, you know... Lots of an sci-fi movies use that. An unlikable it? group of characters. Yeah. It's a so sci-fi Alien movie. Three, where you have an unlikable group of characters that you have to then learn to care about because the antagonist is... It's... You know, you... You side with what is supposed to be, like, the human element, obviously, against whatever isn't human that's trying to destroy them. But when you throw at you the anti-heroes, or even worse than that, they're not even anti-heroes, they're just bad people, and yet you're supposed to connect to them. And then in this one, are you done? No. All right. And the other thing is, what I like, what I like to real lot, is we watched The Thing on Blu-ray. <laughs> what the, I like to real lot. We watched The Thing on Blu-ray the other week, um, the new version of The Thing, the prequel. And that's a a survival story set in the Arctic. Um, Go back and listen to our review. But uh, against all odds, after Survive, this is like that without the supernatural slash um, alien. Not supernatural. Without the alien. I mean, it's it's that, really. It's like like surviving. Hmm. So what I really liked about this was um, the... Well... We, we we do spoilers. The wolves, the the uh, the pack of wolves that are tracking our heroes. The grey. Um, they you know they could be aliens or they could be whatever, but they're just wolves, right? But they're they're just as dangerous. Absolutely. As as any other thing, they're just, they're super dangerous because, as we learned during the movie, well as we know anyway, wolves hunt in packs. Sure. And they are pretty ruthless because they just need to survive and. You need to survive. And they don't give a shit who you are. Like he says, they don't give a shit about no. anything. They are just... Um, and that, you know, it's, it's got some great... My favorite line in the movie. You thought you were the animals. You're not the animals. Actually, we're the animals. Yeah, uh, it's, it's got a lot... I liked that scene. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil that yeah, scene no, particularly. No. But what the guy does and, and the whole vibe of what he does uh, I, there's a lot of um, I'll give you my perspective on the whole there's a lot of social and political um, stuff just in in that scene and it's not just about that about us and how frail we are and men nature and you know yeah men um, so yeah i thoroughly entertained by this movie I, I, you know I don't think it's a great great movie but for what it is I think it hits all the right Spots and um, there are a couple of annoying things for me, but for example, just the stereotypical dudes. Yes. Um, it's too it's too safe. It's you know nobody ever a movie that you're going to recommend this week. Nobody ever goes away from that, do they? They go, oh, gotta have this guy, gotta have this yep. guy, gotta have one that you don't like, one that you kind of like. Exactly. 
And yet, somehow, as you're watching the story, yeah, the movie the movie makes it palatable or makes it. There are things that this different. All things come together, even though the story kind you kind of go okay. I've it's read so, this book before. I've seen, I've seen this show this before. before yeah. However, they dig just deep enough, and just and the people are good enough. And I've read, you know, well, finish what you're saying. Yeah, was what else was negative? That was definitely negative. The um, it just seems lazy to me. Like nobody ever goes like, why don't we just not do that idea? Why don't we have, let's say, a group of people you like all of them. It's never like that. There always has to be this guy who's like a asshole who people don't like. Nobody ever says, well, why don't we like all of them? Or why don't we hate all of them? They're all assholes. Because even Liam Neeson's not the best guy. Con Air. I hate everybody. Except for what's his face. Yeah. Con Air's a good spin on it, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. they're all despicable, yep. horrible people. Especially Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a spin on it. But nobody really does that. They just take the stereotypes and flush, and that's what this is, really. It's just stereotype dudes. Unfortunately, the thing about it is, that is reality. It is, unfortunately. If you put a group of people together, there's always an asshole. Why couldn't we, always. Why couldn't we have a woman? Um, oh, there often is. Alien. Yeah, in this, the, the, yeah, there isn't. Yeah, but I'm saying, there often or is. Or a child, or, yeah, this child. There often is in yeah. these movies. Then then you say, oh, they're trying to mix it up by yeah. throwing a woman in there. I'd rather a woman not be in there, because, uh, you know. But yeah, it just always feels, to me, when we, when they go down that path, I just sit watching it and go, well, I know this guy, and I know this mm-hmm. guy. You can interchange him with the guy from and Aliens. And I know or, what's going to happen to yes, this guy. Yeah, obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But... If it's my turn, it's my turn. On the surface, it is that group of group of humans fighting the elements, people we don't identify with. And beyond that, if you look at not just the cast, but the people who made it, with I think one exception, as I was looking through the credits, all men, men writers, men screenwriters, men directors, men producers, men executive producers. Like I said, I think I saw one or two women's names amongst those. So it's from a point of view, not just like, oh, here's a bunch of people trying to survive. Whereas, you know, you're talking about a movie where like survival is the key, like just surviving. Right. This one's more like the, obviously the parallel alpha dog, alpha male, right? They put that out there. And then the, we're a bunch of assholes, I'm the mouthy asshole, I'm the jerky guy, I'm the guy who takes control, and yet what does it all boil down to for men in life, even though, and I can be accused of it myself, the attitude that men are like, ugh, so frustrating, they're so full of shit, and they're so violent, and so like, ugh, and bump chest kind of humans, and I know they're not all like that, because you're not like that, but I see well, it as a whole. Yeah, right, but, men are a pack of wolves, too. In the end, at, at, when you peel all that shit away, there's the, I, I need love, I need people to love me, I feel afraid, I feel like I'm, I, I know that I'm putting on a big show for everybody, because on the inside I'm, I'm nothing, I mean I'm just a, I'm shitting my pants here, because of whatever, not just because you're a wolf chasing you down, but in life. And so I felt like that was sort of a deeper thing about it that, you know, yes, you look at this group of men 
and you go, like, who does care? Who cares? Like, who cares if they all freeze to death and get chewed up? And then you realize someone loves each one of them. Which is what they really really play on a lot. And it's not just someone loves everyone. Someone loves these men. These men who have put into the world whatever bad stuff they've done or whatever hurt that they have caused. And yet there's somebody out there who's going to miss them, who loves them. You know, so that's the way I took it. And then you lay on top of that. You go, okay, we need some survival. We need the weather. What's the what's the bad guy going to be? You know, you kind of mix it up and they go, well, maybe, do you know how the story got started or anything? Or No, I know nothing about it. I just wonder, like, was it, you know, it could be anything, right? Somebody's watching a Discovery channel one day. The writer's sitting there staring at the TV. And all of a sudden there's a show about wolves. And they're like, holy shit, they're vicious. I wonder what it would be like. Or it could be like you read a true story about some guy who survived against a wolf. I just would like to know the origin. I know it's not a true story. I was just going to say, I'm trying to think if we've ever had a movie before where wolves are the protagonist. I'm sure there are some, but I can't recall Not without the supernatural going on. I mean, yeah, the thing obviously starts with the wolves. Yeah, now, I enjoyed it. I felt thoroughly, like, taken on the adventure completely. I was sucked into it totally. My problems were... The CGI wolves, I thought were horrible. Yeah, they're not very Every good. single time. There's this weird hiddenness about them. These This day and age, I know they're supposed to be a mysterious... You do this um, depth of field effect on them where they blur them slightly uh, and, and like focus on the character so you so they don't have to make them look oh, as good Oh, I don't mean as... in the distance. I mean the ones where they're close up. But even right. then they hide them and you they can tell like it's like nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No excuse for that whatsoever. I mean... Not, I could suspend myself for it, but it just looked like shit, and I felt really bad about that. Yeah, I, I um, agree that they looked bad. Some, there were some shots that looked okay, but mostly close-up shots um, were... Yeah, the distance where they're running and stuff looked fine. It was just those close-up and the weird animatronic... Like American <laughs> Werewolf in London, like which yes. was made 30 years ago, uh, had some better walls. And it's in, such you know? a distraction, and I hate to do that, so I was able, because I was really digging the movie, to just sort of like, uh, look my... I would like look around <laughs> on the screen, anywhere but at the wolf, anywhere but at yeah, the wolf. It is, it is a um, weird... I mean... I mean, maybe it was a super low budget movie and there wasn't much to spend on that, but because you know there was, it was skyline looked fantastic. I mean, yeah, it was and a that really was, low that budget was a super movie. low budget movie. Yeah, with fantastic aliens. I don't know and what everything. the problem is, but yes, I agree that somebody the signed off were, on it and it wasn't. It doesn't look great. Now, if you're watching on a little tiny TV or on your computer or on your phone, maybe you're not going to notice. But no, on a big screen, uh, they don't hold up. But I do think like the sound effects and stuff, and just the tension of knowing that wolves are close to them. Uh, right, but uh, in, in, turn, in reference to the sound, really good cuts through you. However, even the sound of the wolves, while it was intimidating, was like super mechanical at times, and it felt really fake. And then I'm looking at the fake wolf, and it really it just pulled me out for a split second. The, the wolves in the distance and stuff, fine. But as they got up close, that that sort of otherworldly growl. Now, I don't know what it sounds like in the woods when it's no. freezing cold and a wolf is growling at you. It might sound that weird way, but that also kind of put me off. But those are like superficial things that I can totally yeah, excuse. Yeah, I had to... Um, sus- I had Absolutely. to kind of, yeah, there was definitely a point where I was sitting there going, okay, that wolf's kind of crappy looking, but I like this movie, so <laughs> exactly. I'll just give it a pass, like, you know? And then my other, I don't know if it's a negative, because we talked about it already, but the, here's a group, 
you know, like, um, <laughs> we've got 10, we've got 9, we've got 8, we've got 7, we've got seven. That, picking them off. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that, you know, a character actually says that they're element, picking us off one by one. That know? element, like we discussed, is a little... <sighs> It's so obvious, and maybe that was the idea. Like, look, we're just we're doing it. We're just gonna do it. Like, we're, this guy's going on a journey, and it's just gonna have to happen. And let's just accept it. I can accept it, but you could. I could see where somebody might get two or three victims in and go, "Come on, like, it's this really is boring. It's formulaic that absolutely. Is, but you know, but there's it's, all the elements come together for me, and I was on the trip with them. It actually took several. Um, twists towards the end that I didn't expect because I just expected like you were mm-hmm. the um oh okay pick off pick off uh, but then there were different back. then there was actually some obstacles that I didn't expect and they were really interesting the, and things that are adding ones. to our lead man leading man that are going to resonate with him regardless of what happens yeah you know mistakes or misjudgments or it's not just Dun, 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 I'm making it through alive kind of thing. So, But I do think the twists that I just mentioned where they kind of like um, put the wolves to one side for a while yeah. um, was just at the right time where I was kind of like, okay, uh, more wolves, come on. I mean, somebody else is going to get done by a wolf. Absolutely. This is more interesting, uh, you know, and they even went, you know, yep. towards the end there was more interesting stuff. That one was really good. Yeah. If you're talking about the same one I am, like... Yeah. That guy. Yeah, that was really And also good. the... Um, oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. so, yeah, those were a little... That was... I didn't expect that stuff, because I expected just wolves, action, wolves, action, wolves. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't, they didn't go like that. Um, so, maybe that is what elevates this above yeah. your just standard and the, thriller, um, you know? That? Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, I was like... <gasps> yeah. Yeah, it was... It was, it was uh, I liked... I liked it how it wrapped Yeah, up. there were little bits and pieces that because of those, the whole of it, which you could, somebody could look at it on, so like on the surface. It's just a real know. standard thriller. But I felt like, I don't know, some days it's your mood, isn't it? And the circumstance, and I'm comfortable, and I'm, you know, in I also really think good movie-watching mood. I also think that this, the like I said, the sound elevates the thing, because it... It makes you feel in danger. Absolutely. Like even, if it, even though it looks like a crappy wolf, CG wolf, like we just said, or a puppet wolf. You're like, oh, jeez. Yeah, you can hear. It's just everything like that. The more wind than the was wolf, scary. The wind, yeah, everything. absolutely. Yeah. The wind, because we've all been outside. And we know Even what that's if you're like. just walking 10 feet from your car to your house in the middle of a blizzardy snowstorm. Well, most of us probably have. And you feel like it's never going to end. And every step across your yard is like, holy No, shit. that's a hard never, No, but I'm just saying, <laughs> in that little tiny snippet, the experience of your foot slipping down into the snow and every muscle in your body, even when you're shoveling snow, you feel like it's endless. And that whippy wind where it, you can hear it during this movie, it whips from left to right all the time. And it's that kind of wind that makes your cheeks freeze freeze yes. up. Like, and your nostrils yeah. freeze up and your eyeballs get sticky. And, and there was a lot of CG snow in this movie because there were scenes where um, actors were talking to each other with little bits of snow on them. And it's really gushing with snow, but no snow is landing on Piling them. Piling up. Yeah, nothing's <laughs> piling up on them at all. Just the snow that was applied just to them. Don't, just yeah. don't let yourself get distracted. And I was a bit distracted because I was looking at it. There was a scene between uh, Liam Neeson and one of the guys. And I was like, and they were just talking. And it was really belting it down with snow. And I was looking at it. And I was like, 
but they've only got like just what the makeup lady put on their eyebrows. It's just there's nothing else. Like there's a little bit on the top of his hood, and it would be just piling up or, and piling and melting, but nothing was happening. So yeah, obviously it wasn't snowing most of the days. I mean, it was snow. There was real snow. It looked like there were times when they were really in the elements. I don't know that for a fact, but there were times. And if those were snow machines, then they did a hell of a good. I job. think it's worth seeing if you like. If you like to see good movie plane crashes, this is a great movie plane crash. I I bought it. It is really Absolutely. well done. And um, they kind of, you know, instead of having this is what I liked about it because we know the walls were kind of shitty looking. The plane crash, if you did it normally, could have looked shitty too if the budget was not that True. good and that. But they kind. Some would say it's a cheat because you don't really see the whole plane yeah, crash but thing. You but no, it's feel better. It. The it's sound better of it, the, yeah. the oh, there were moments. Yeah, it's not like Castaway where you see the engine yeah. flying. It, it's more leave to imagination and then see the aftermath. Of yeah, it. I like that better actually. So, um, the grey. Uh, let's move on to the cast. You know what? I'm really terrible with names, so you you might have to help with this one. Liam Neeson plays Ottaway anyway. Um, He's a... Does a good job. I really like Liam Neeson. Yeah. And, um... You can't help yourself, though. You feel bad for him. Every movie now you see with him. I know you do. Because his wife died in a horrible accident. Yeah, it's it's really bad, isn't it? I mean, and then in this movie... Not that that should affect what you're watching, but this this movie's dealing with a lot of death. And in this movie where he's thinking about his woman, uh, that's how... (laughs) Yes. You know, know, like, he might never see her And it may not even apply. He might be like, look... Life is mm-hmm. life, and my wife is gone, and I'm dealing with it's it. Why does everyone else feel sorry for me all the time? But yeah, I think he does really well in this. He's he's a great action. You know, like I don't, I never used to see him as an action movie dude. But then he did Taken, and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this guy really can do that. And he did it again here. Like, you know, he's hard. He's he can. In about cope. five seconds, I'm gonna start beating the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, I like I that. that. <laughs> yeah. Like, Only yeah. with that accent. I can't do his accent. Obviously. Yeah, he, he's tough in this movie. I don't mean I'm going to start being shit out of you. When the guy, when the guy the says, come on, stand up, you long Irish streak of piss, or whatever you call that. <laughs> oh, and then he just... <laughs> yeah, like, yeah oh. and he, he'll just write, you know. He, so then I buy this, him as a tough guy. When this thing, you know, question mark. <laughs> uh, Frank Grillo is Diaz. This is where I would get confused, because I don't... I know the Diaz faces. Diaz is no mass, I believe. Wasn't he? He's John Diaz. Which one? No mass. Oh, right. his yeah. Neck. Well, let's just let's just say all the names of the guys. Frank Grillo is Diaz. Dermot Mulroney is Talgett. Dallas Roberts is Hendricks. Joe Anderson is Flannery, and Nonzo Anzoni is Burke. They're the main guys who go on this journey. You go on this journey with. So overall, I'm just going to say, the ones I wasn't supposed to like, I didn't like. And the ones I was supposed to really feel for, I felt for. So I Absolutely. think they all did a good job, Ben. Either we're suckers yeah. <laughs> for, for the stereotypes, or they just did a fine job. You know, a guy who's supposed to be a dick did did the dick thing, and I hated him, right? So, yeah, I mean... And you don't feel that bad when the wolf comes to visit. <laughs> which is exactly how you're supposed... Yeah, it's... Which is horrible. No, you're supposed to, like, go, well, but I'm not supposed to like that. No, but, but, but you do, right. don't you? I mean, yeah. But it's horrific, so no, you know... So this is directed by... Who was the guy who played the guy you didn't get? Who was the whiner bitchy guy with the long hair? He was real familiar. Yeah, I've seen him before, but I don't know what, what, what he's from. He was like the chatterbox pain in the ass guy. Yeah, that's the that's the very first time you realize Liam Neeson, you don't want him. No. Deal with him, really. <laughs> deal Even with in him a nice all. way, you don't want him. <laughs> so, um, 
directed by Joe Carnahan, who also directed a movie I really like, Smoking Aces. Um, and he also directed um, Narc, if you remember that from... It's uh, Jason Patrick, isn't it, Narc? It's really good. Yeah. Like. And he also directed the remake of The A-Team, which I never saw. Um, I, I think I'm probably glad I didn't see that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think this is pretty... You know, apart from the obvious on this movie, apart from the... Right. Dermot, Dermot Mulroney. I didn't even realize who he was until the very end. Because I didn't realize who he was. He's just like a romantic comedy sexy guy. And I didn't even... Yes, he, re- he was yes. so good. He was so well costumed and his his performance was so not what you expect. And I just... They're near the end. Then you saw a photo of him and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And oh, when he when he... Then it kind of showed his face, and I was like, wow, wow. Because I've liked this guy the whole movie through. Really liked his mannerisms, really liked the way he delivered every single bit. And then it's Dermot. I didn't know, I couldn't remember his name. But then I'm like, he's a romantic comedy guy. Yes. Right? Mr. Sexy, brooding. He might have even been on some TV show at some point. But uh, really liked him. I just wanted to make that point. So Joe, Joe Carnahan's style here for the direction, it's uh, got like kind of a handheld thing at times, like a wobbly thing. Uh, it's not too over the top, though. It's not like something where... Occasionally I didn't like it. Yeah, I, 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 you know what I really liked about it? It was filmed on film, and it's super grainy, and it gives it this gritty kind of... Um, it's not like digital video. It's like this... Uh, even though, you know, when you see a movie that's set in the snow, it can't really be dirty because everything's pristine and white, but it gives it this feel. Like, you can see on close-ups of people. This Grey. Yeah, <laughs> this, this grit and this, like, film look. It's it's actual film, you know, filmed on film. And as we were saying the other week, film's kind of going, going away, and this is a film that was filmed on film. Um, so, Blu-ray extras, and there are not a lot. Nope. Um, there are... Uh, deleted scenes, several of them. One of them's like when the plane crashes. The uh, they're looting the plane for stuff. Well, you would, wouldn't you? You need the supplies, and it's a bit too cheeky to be in the movie. But if you like that, it is funny. It was good, yeah. but yeah, it didn't fit at it all. It showed a different side to each of the characters, but uh, it was not appropriate. But yeah, there's yet. a there's a few deleted scenes, about six or seven, and then there's a feature commentary with Joe Carnahan, and that is it actually. Um, that could be interesting, actually. Yeah, because I'd like to, I'd like to um, know where it was uh, filmed and uh, w- you know what kind of budget it was and were they struggling against budget to why and the wolves came- when the wolf came on the screen does was he, he happy with bad? that? Yeah, you yeah, know that kind of thing. So yeah, I would like to see. Uh, listen, if he's an honest director, which some are, uh, but some of them just kind of go along with it. Oh yeah, we this can- team did a real good job on this. Uh, yeah. We're real happy with the way this turned out. I prefer an honest guy who's going to say like, yeah, that shot, I'm not really ch- happy with that. If I'm like, George Lucas in 30 years, and this movie is as big as Star Wars, I'm going to change it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fix it when CG I get the, the wolf. <laughs> I think the wolves okay. are mostly puppets, actually, I think. I, I don't. Think so. I, I'll listen to that this week and find out. Um, so yeah, there's not much in the way of extras, but the actual presentation, it's like that, wide, that super widescreen, which kind of gives it this also different feel. Lost and desolate... And like I say... Nature so, is huge and you are very tiny in the middle of the screen. The sound is a huge character in this movie. I, I call, It's a character in itself. Um, the score is quite good too, even though it's really sparing. Mm-hmm. They don't use it a lot. And when they do use it, it's just it's emotional yeah. moments. Um, so yeah. Inc- so what have we got here? Okay. 
an overused storyline, stereotypical characters, music that directs your every emotion, some bad CGI, <laughs> and yet we really liked it a lot. Like yeah. what? Yeah, what I magic, I, it's what magic spell happened to us that I mean, we liked it. I think it's. I think partially it's Liam Neeson. I think he's got real presence. And uh, all of them had were I thought really good. And um, that sound and that plane crash. It's worth seeing for that plane crash. It, I mean, it's really it's pretty. Awesome. And it has a kind of quiet. Um, almost there are moments when you get that. 70s movie vibe. Yeah, I thought that the too, lost, especially the opening uh, sequence. Yes, exactly. The yeah, where you're back on the base camp. Yeah, or whatever. It, it didn't feel Hollywoody. Exactly, it felt different. Yeah. Like quiet and like um, observational, more than like instead of dun 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 exactly, dun, dun, and then action immediately. It's just like. In fact, sound. it never does that. This movie, it doesn't ever go into like Hollywood, like um, you know, action soundtrack. People running... You no, because you get music that counteracts what you're seeing. Yeah, it does it a bit. It yeah, balances like, it back. Like, um, like really somber piano music when something really horrible Tragic is happening. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it does... It's definitely differently made from a, what you expect. I think that might be... The what, good overrides the bad. Even though, like, like you just said, <laughs> it's really stereotypical the entire time, yet something sets it apart. Like, I'm not trying to talk us out of liking it. and the, But the more I think about it, the more I like it. So... Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Um, I recommend it. Um, yeah, I, get a blanket because I wasn't going to wrap feel, my blanket around cold. me. But about ten minutes in, I was like pulling my blanket up around my shoulders, and I was like, "Oh God, I need to get cuddled in here." So thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. Uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be Chronicle from Twentieth Century Fox. Um, you have no idea what that is. Don't tell me. It's Chronicle by Twentieth Century Fox. Um, if you want to enter a contest, oh, I do know what it is. You do? Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, young kids with like massive powers of some kind. That is what it is. I saw the trailer. Uh, so I know stuff. So the um, contest, if you want to go to ascoli.com, www.ascoli.com. Don't think you need the WWs anymore. Though. A-S-C-U-L-L-Y. We've got two contests running at the moment. You can win a copy of Dark Crimes, which is a 50-movie set from Mill Creek DVD set. Uh, 50 movies, 50 old, older movies, but 50 movies nonetheless. Fun in one stuff. Box. Uh, and the other one is The Jungle Bunch, which is a new animated movie from Universal, which is written and voiced by John Lithgow. Um, he's, he's also written ch- some children's books. So the package, what you're going to get if you win, is a copy of The Jungle Bunch on DVD, a portable DVD player to play, play the movie on. I'll give it to your kid and let the kid, kids watch it in the car. And two of John Lithgow's children's books. Am I eligible for this prize? No, you're not a child. I don't care. Well, children <laughs> aren't going to enter either, but am I not acceptable no, as an entry? No, no employees of basically don't somebody come. to enter for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a nice... Employee, I beg your pardon. <laughs> it's a nice uh, prize pack. It's a DVD of The Jungle Bunch, a portable DVD player, and two children's books. We get it. Wrote by John Lithgow. Uh, so you can go and win those at the new movie game, Movie Memory 1, 2, 3. Was it my turn? Because I haven't followed. No, it's my turn. Oh, it's your turn. Good. <laughs> Mad at the uh, Movie Memory 1, 2, 3 is, one of us says, name, name three movies that have blah, 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 and then we have to come up with, out of our memory, three movies that have And you have can play along at home? Sure. Pause it. Or in the car, or on the toilet, or wherever you are. <laughs> and 
this week is relevant to this movie, and this movie is exempt. You can't use this as an answer. Name three movies that have either all or almost all male cast. Almost all male cast. Almost all, as in none of the main characters at all are women, and you barely see a woman at all. And it's only peripheral if they're even there at all. Chronicles... Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, no, that's got women. As main characters? Yeah. The main woman, the Frenchy lady or whatever she is. She's the Alright, then not that one. Right. Um, over the Top. No. No? It's got women. The Expendables. But I don't know. It's all men. Stay firm. All, all of the action here. Oh, they're not. It's not all men, though. There are women in there that are. No. I mean, not. I'm not talking. You mean about there's just... actually never any women on the screen in the entire movie, ever? No Barely. peripheral or anything. No. So they can be very peripheral. Be no, they're going to have women. They're going to have women. I'm talking about. You know these. You know this. I know you know this. No, I have no idea. In fact, you're going to be shocked when I tell you. In fact, I confirmed it. No, fee- it all male cast are the way that these movies are described. All male cast movies. The Wild Bunch. Can't remember any women in that. No, but you're getting closer. Am I? Yeah. Something like that. Like, and you've asked me if I've se- I haven't seen one of them. Like old movies? It's an older one. Yeah. This one is. No, no. I'm trying to think of movies we've seen recently with only men in them. I don't no. know if there's any very recent ones that I've picked. Uh, I, I have no idea. Okay. Master and Commander. 100% male cast. Yeah, I read that the other week. Correct. The Great Escape, 100% male cast. Yes, it is. Reservoir Dogs, all male cast. It is designated as all male cast because there are zero female characters that have any, you know. Saving Private Ryan, that is designated, that is yeah. counted as an all male cast. There's four of them. Um, oh, is that all there is? No, no, there's more, but I mean, there's four of them. Reservoir Dogs, I thought A lot of wall films, then. That are not Pearl Harbor, because that's got all the romance <laughs> yeah, just, part in yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I, rem- I imagine there's tons of... Oh, what was that? There's not tons, no. Um, IMDb Miracle was... at St. Anna, did that have women in it? Yes. Yeah, of course. Because well, one guy fell for a woman, there were women in the house to take care of Oh, women. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's only 58, according to IMDb. All about, And that's all nationalities and stuff. So. Right. Well, there you go. So, I fail. <laughs> Movie recommendations... And this one would be considered an all-male cast. There's a woman than, in it. Yeah, but not really. Hmm. No, that doesn't count as the cast, like. Yes, but no. There's no. Obviously. Look up the definition. That's what they say. Right, so this is the newest entry into that list. Yeah, and I was trying to think of any any other, but there's not. I mean, even Armageddon, obviously, as a chick. Lots of women in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alright, so the movie recommendations for this week, I am going with, and this movie is actually referenced in the grey, Alive, which is one of my <laughs> favourite. Um, cannibal movies. <laughs> That's what it ends up as. It's a true, based on a true thing. You've seen Alive, right? Yeah, I don't see it as a cannibal movie. Well, there's some cannibalism in that movie. I know, but it's a survival movie. I'm just being funny. But anyway, a yeah, survival movie. Uh, yeah, and they do reference it in this movie, which is kind of funny. Because I'd already put it down as a recommendation <laughs> on the thing. So, uh, and the other one is um, Alien. Why? Because this... It, like I said earlier, these wolves are stalking the prey mm, yeah, and picking it. them off. And Alien's the same thing. It's there to stalk its prey and it just happens to stalk them on a spaceship true, instead. True. 
So yeah. And mine are now the first one is I have a very weird explanation. We took a break to take go pee. I went into the bathroom. I observed that I thought to myself, I'm feeling kind of like a super saggy, forty four years old, blah blah blah. What comes into my mind? Death becomes her. Because there's a scene where Meryl Streep all of a sudden gets perky boobs, perky butt, she drinks the elixir. Therefore, because I was watching this movie and took a pee break, I thought of this other movie. So death becomes her. It has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. Apart from the word death and there's some death in yeah, this movie. Yeah, true. And then my other ones are Again, a group of stereotypical characters who have to, in essence, survive. And there's also a plane involved. Flight of the Phoenix. The Not original? Bad. No, 2004. The... I've never seen the original one, so 2004. Both pretty much. Well. I liked 2004 one, though. I didn't mind it. It wasn't fan- Like this one. It had all elements Dennis that Quaid. I liked. Yeah. And then and it had uh, Gier- Ghirardelli, Gier- Ghirardelli, whatever. He was in it. You know, the jerk from... Young people might know him as the asshole from Avatar. Giovanni Ribisi. Correct. Yes, that's it. And my other one is because of the the traveling and the walking and the walking and the walking and the cold and the terrain and man versus nature, the way back. Which I don't love and I think the true story element is bullshit, but it's just that kind of movie. It you feel you like it was on a journey, exactly. for sure. I mean, and that was the, exactly what they were going with for. With men so. walking long distance over mountains, over rivers, over snow, over hot. I thought it was okay. It mm-hmm. just dragged a little bit sometimes. But there again, isn't that the idea? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dragged for these people too. You can't really say that. So, uh, recommendations done. Uh, games and A Scully stuff. What have, I, what have I been playing this week? I have been playing uh, Rockstar Games' newest game, Max Payne 3. Uh I've not finished it, so I just want to briefly touch on it. Well, what I have to say is, uh, every year Rockstar put out one game. It's just once a year. Red Dead Redemption was last year, was it? No, 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 two years. So no, they don't do a game every year. They do a game every now and then. And they... There's something about Rockstar games. It's not just because I'm a fan of them, but they... They push everything. Like, not just controversy or... But their games look better than everybody's games. They do things before everybody else does them. They kind of lead the way in certain things. Max Payne 3 is no exception. And Max Payne 3 was Remedies. I mean, Max Payne's Remedies character and Rockstar have made this game. Um, So Remedy didn't make this game. They did. And I think... And it's a long time since I played the Max Payne games, but I really love them. They're kind of film noir, kind of um, revenge tales. And this is Max Payne from those games again, but he's got into some more trouble. Um, and you're thinking, what's the trouble this time? Because his wife and kid was killed in front of him in the first one, and you know he went through all that in the second one. In this one, he's just living his life. He's like 10, 10, 15 years later. He doesn't really know how to do anything else but be violent, because it's kind of his thing. So, And he's, he's not a cop anymore because of all the shit that went down. Now he's like a bodyguard for this rich family, like, that, you know, need protecting. One of them gets kidnapped by some drug cartel, and Max goes on a mission to revenge, you know, get get this girl back. So it's similar to him going on revenge in the other games, but for a totally different reason. He's an alcoholic in this game, so the entire game... It's played from an alcoholic's point of view, which I don't think I've ever seen before, you know? Because when, when I say it's played from an alcoholic's point of view, the actual 
the way the game looks is how an alcoholic might see things. It goes blurry on occasion. Uh, it he sometimes he sometimes closes his eyes completely. He sometimes uh, doesn't remember things. Um, the screen kind of has this weird, just at random. Every so often, it kind of shifts and all the colors go wrong. It's kind of like your head being messed up, you know. Because right. he's also on these prescription painkillers, as well as alcohol. So he's not really together, like. Um, so it makes gunfights and things kind of awkward sometimes because he's, you know, he's he's screwed up, like. So what I think they've done really well in this game is it plays exactly like the other games. If you're familiar with the mouse, there's not really, in my opinion, any innovation gameplay-wise because it's the same thing. You shoot, there's bullet time... You can go into slow motion, dive across things, shoot people. That's what you do in the majority of the game. What they have done, though, Rockstar, they've they've done it on the Grand Theft Auto engine. So Grand Theft Auto 4 had this new engine that they made. And this is going to be the engine that's going to be on Grand Theft Auto 5. The level of detail in this game is like incredible. It makes Grand Theft Auto 4 look like a PS2 game compared. It's like every little nook and cranny's got something different. Which is what Rockstar are kind of famous for. Like some games, you'll walk into a room, there'll be a television and a table. And in another room, there'll be a television and a table. It's exactly the same television and table from that room. In this game, there'll be a different model television and table. Like in every room. It's like in real life. Nobody has the same things in every room, do they? You know? So this is like... Level of detail is insane. So you feel... It feels more... And what else they've added is this uh, Euphoria engine, which means... When somebody gets shot, they've got like numerous points that they can be shot on in the body, and their skeleton will react exactly like a real person would. So it's not just you shoot a guy, and then there's an animation of him falling to the ground. If he's going down some stairs and you shoot him in the foot, well, he will actually fall down the stairs like somebody would. And it's random, so every single per- well, it's, you know, it happens in physics. Right. So every single person you shoot, it's unpredictable where they're going to go or what's going to happen. I shot a guy off the top of a roof. He fell over the balcony and slid down the roof and then hung from the, you know. And then I've shot the guy again and he doesn't fall over the balcony. He falls backwards over the other side, you know. So it can be completely different for everybody. It adds Once you've shot somebody, though, why does it matter? It just adds to the whole vibe. Like, you know, if somebody's really high up, a sniper, and you shoot them, well, in most games... They just fall back the, and disappear. Or there'll be an animation of them falling down, and it's just exactly the same every time. They go, ah, and fall down. Well, this, they can go anywhere. They could, if you shot them, shot the foot, and they kind of fall sideways, they might not fall over the edge. They might just lean up against the thing, you know. So it adds a load of kind of... They did it in Grand Theft Auto, too. When you get hit by a car in Grand Theft Auto, it was the first time they did it. Instead of you just kind of lying on the floor and the car going over you, like in a cartoony style, you actually fell down or like your arm got wrapped around your head, you know, weird stuff like that. But in this game, they've kind of perfected it. Um, Graphics are outstanding. It actually looks, to me, like what I imagine the next console games will look like. It's that far ahead of what we've been seeing. So they, you know, I can't wait for Grand Theft Auto V. It's not next, it's now. It's now, but, you know, when they're, like, saying, oh, there's going to be a new Xbox and a new PS4, or whatever it is. Yeah, but now you you have to change your expectation. Cause it's yeah, now. now I do change my expectations, because this is kind of what I expected. Lots of level of detail with the new with more memory and all that kind of stuff. 
But Rockstar have done it now with this current generation, which is amazing to me. I can't wait to see the PC version of it, because, the, as you know, the PC can do a lot more than the Xbox can. I think the PC version will be amazing looking. Um, so yeah, it's Max Payne 3. It's got multiplayer this time you can play. I've not played any yet. But um, it's like a deathmatch thing. What's really interesting about the multiplayer is you can make a crew. So you can like be you and your friends and go on, online and play against other people. And the crew that you make and all the points that you earn and the stats that you make carry over into the new Grand Theft Auto 5, which comes next year. So you take that crew into Grand Theft Auto 5 and you take all your experience and your XP. So they're kind of like merging the games together somehow. You know, so that that's in there. Um, I really recommend it. I think it's a really good game. If you don't like shooting, you won't like it because it is 99% shooting. The cutscenes are amazing. The transition from cutscene to game, you cannot even tell it happens. It's like they're talking and then all of a sudden they're shooting. You know, there's no... It's like a dream come true. Yeah, there's no awkward like, oh, we're playing you a video, now we're going to put a black screen up and then you're going to play. Loading, loading. There's no loading screens ever. It's on two discs, so it's a really it's kind of a long game, like 15 hours long. So yeah, it's a Max Payne 3. Um, I highly recommend it. I've been playing nothing else this week, but on Tuesday of this week, coming up, Diablo 3 comes mm-hmm. out. Diablo 3, uh, not played a Diablo game for 10 years. It's literally like... I thought you didn't like those kind of games. I really love Diablo. I have like a... When Diablo 2 came out, I Isn't s- that the over-above thing where you grab troops and move them around? No, this is oh, not an right. RTS game. This is a... Uh, Diablo's a... Um, I don't know how to... It's like a hack and slash game. You're you're a, you pick a class, like a, like a barbarian or okay. a warrior. And it is from kind of isometric perspective. Not directly from above. Kind of like skew to the side a little bit. But yeah, your character's down there. And you click where you want them to go. And then beasts and demons That's come That's on it. And then you click the beast to kill them. Yeah. Whereas like StarCraft, you actually command your units to do okay. stuff. This is like you're in you're in direct control of one character. You've not got a bunch. You've okay. just got one character who can... You go in a dungeon, there's demons, etc. You kill them all. The demons drop loot. The loot can be better weapons, better armor. You equip it on your character and then right. you, you're better. Um, it's coming out on Tuesday. Diablo 2 was one of my favorite PC games. I just the reason I've not played it is it looks terrible now, because it's a ten-year-old game, you know. And no, it looks the same as it always did. It does look the same as it always did. I have to do this all day. <laughs> yeah, PC's trying to reboot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wonder if mine popped up. Mm. Uh, mine just did now, apparently. But um, yeah, I went back and had a look at Diablo two because I still own a copy, and I put it in, and uh, it was from the days of. Um, Windows 95, or maybe a little bit before that, where you had to boot from DOS. Yeah, but it was fine then. Yeah, but now, when you've got your big high-resolution uh, monitor, and you, and it's a 640 by 480 game, and you put it on there, it just looks like huge pixels, and it, and the text is really big, and it's really awkward-looking. You know when you put your desktop in 640 by 480, mm-hmm. and you think, why, why do people do this? Some people do. It looks like that. It's still a great game. It's just... We need a new version, and Blizzard have been busy with World of Warcraft all these years, so they've kind of they put Diablo on the back burner, right. even though it's like humongous Diablo. I mean, this is going to sell insane amounts of copies this week, and throughout the you know throughout the next few years. Um, 
It's oh, a fun. They make it online. It is online. No, I mean exclusively, like a World of Warcraft. Well, it's not that kind of game. It's uh, you you can play with four of your buddies. I think it's four. So like you team up four of you and you go in the in these different. It's a story. All oh, right. Uh, and you can play co-op with your friends, so you can go in the dungeons and take them... And the dungeons get harder if there's more of you, right? So, so now you can play online with your four friends. Yeah, and it's all online. It's um, Even when you're playing single-player, it adds to your online stats. So, so, But it's not like World of Warcraft, like a persistent world. It's more okay. like a, let's go and have a game, and then we'll get a score at the end, and maybe we'll get some cool weapons that we can use the next time around. Uh, it's like a real good social game to sit down for a couple of hours with one of your friends, get your headsets on, and just go in there and see what you can do, you know. Um, it's going to be really fun. I can't wait for it. Diablo 3. I've even changed my um, desktop wallpaper mm-hmm. uh, and everything to Diablo 3 stuff because I'm so excited. It's kind of been off my radar because I tell you what, like it's been one of my favorite PC games of all time, Diablo. But Blizzard have always been like, yeah, we're going to be making this Diablo 3, everybody. Here's a video and they'd show you this video, and then you'd go, so when is when are you making Diablo 3? And they'd never say anything. And then a few years later, this has literally been years, they'd go, here's some more of Diablo 3, like, here's a video we've made. And everybody goes, oh, that's cool. And then you're nothing. Just teasing you. Yeah, and they've been teasing you and teasing you and teasing you, and just recently it snuck up on me. I was like, oh yeah, they're talking about Diablo 3 again. Hold on a second, they've got a release date. And it's in two months. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, <laughs> now that'll probably get cancelled. But nope, it's coming out on Tuesday. Uh, we're all set to play this week. So that's Diablo 3. It's out on Tuesday. It's for the PC and Mac only. It's not a console game. So unfortunately, all you console people cannot play. You have to get your PC nice. and Mac going. Um, and the other game that comes out on Tuesday on the Xbox 360 and the PS3 is Game of Thrones. If you're a fan of the Game of Thrones books and HBO's TV show... There's a game being made for you people as well. <laughs> I'm not sure I will check it out. It's not really my thing. Um, so, that's it for this week uh, for games. I will talk about Diablo 3 in great length next week, I'm, I'm sure. sure you will. And uh, what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Tonight will be a... I got a box thing that is quinoa wild rice pilaf with some flavoring and I put some vegetables in it. Then I'm going to get this other package thing we got, which is a mushroom curry sauce. Uh, we've not tried this particular one, but we've tried others of the same brand. It's like Tasty, I think is the brand name, of these curry sauces in little pouches. Oh, they're pouches, really good. Yeah. The ones we've had. So tonight it's just, I'm just going to make it on its own, um, as it is. And then I'll probably make some corn balls, like brown them up to go with it on the side. Uh, and that's it. I'm starting to feel really dried up and kind of like... Oh. What did you think of... Uh, we went to Ruby Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, who... You know, when you don't eat meat, it's kind of awkward because you look on menus of places and there's really, like, you either go there and eat, what, like a side dish or you... Mm-hmm. And we found Ruby Tuesdays actually had some interesting yeah. things. they have, like, a roasted uh, spaghetti squash with marinara sauce. So, and the squash is awesome if you've never had it. It's like a yellow, round, melony looking thing. You cut it in half, you can roast it, boil it, whatever you want. And then when you scrape out the cooked melon, or the cooked squash it's literally stringy it's not like pasta people keep saying it is it's just that it has a nice squash flavor it's stringy so you can kind of think of it as angel hair pasta but it's not it's not like that it's just its own thing but then if you put sauce on it because i ordered some of it roasted i had the little tiny dish of macaroni and cheese and yeah broccoli if i had to complain 
I ordered some broccoli, and there was like three pieces. Yeah, it, it, was it, was like kind of, it was tasted perfect. Yeah, it was really good. And the cauliflower, I had the cream, what was it? Mesh like, cauliflower. Mesh cauliflower. It wasn't actually that good. Was it not this time? N- not really, Aww. no. Um, but they really do excellent fries. <laughs> so you had fries, cauliflower, and broccoli. I had macaroni and cheese. I it could, was the tiniest bit. Like, and I thought, you know, because we even said, like, we don't eat meat, so we're going to order some sides and a, and a potato. You had a mac and cheese, and mm-hmm. I had the... So I just think... Well, they're not having it. When they're making that plate up and they know, oh, well, these people aren't having meat, they would give you a bit more broccoli. Like, yeah, but no. No? Like the, literally three, pieces three little pieces. Yeah. So that would be the complaint. But the fact that they have those fit trim things, and we're not, I'm not talking to Ruby Tuesday here, but. No, I don't think it's In our town, it's right? very stereotypical of a Midwestern small town kind of place. We have Longhorn, Chili's. We have every franchise, I think, probably. We even just got a new Freddy Steak Burger. Which is like, oh great, another place that's all about the meat. Um, and they may have a fantastic, they could have a vegan burger. Who knows? I don't know. They might. I'll have to look into it. But um, my earrings are clicking together. It's driving me crazy. But I liked it. And the reason we went to Ruby Tuesday was because last night we went to a play that our nephew was in. and Yeah, we've talked I about plays it. before. Yeah, he was in another play. And it's called Harry's Hotter. And while it's a bit confusing and I didn't... Harry Hotter and Twilight. Harry's Hotter. Harry's Hotter and Twilight, wasn't it? In Twilight, in the Twilight or something like that, and Twilight maybe. So it's basically a spoof, a takeoff on all these different things: Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, a little bit of Wizard of Oz, a little bit of um, Star Wars, Twilight, Star Wars, just all kinds of stuff. Just a fun, crazy, wacky, you know. And I just and I went again today, but we went last night. My mom was here, and we all went. My sister. And it's lovely. The only thing I have to say is I'm a very round woman. I have a round ass, as people who know me will know this. And the seats in that fucking auditorium are about this wide. And they're I'm for kids. You, so what? There are fat children. <laughs> and people come. No, they're not for kids. They're for people to come watch plays. Yeah, I guess. And these seats, li- I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like 50 years old, probably. They're real old-fashioned wooden, you, like old-fashioned movie seats where you put the seat down, you know. But, and the, wooden, but they're no wooden, cushion. no cushion or anything. And seriously, my butt, my hips just fit between. Now, I'm not saying I'm massive, you know, big lump of fat, but I'm just saying it was very Well, I would say I'm kind of bony. You're and, bony and skinny. And my, um... <laughs> it, it felt like I was sat on like a razor blade the entire time. I just wanted to keep standing up. Because like, your ah. butt bone was like poking yeah, no, in the wood. No, no cushion. But aside from that, I liked it so much, I went again today. And he was very good. He played Edward, the uh, moody... We've never seen Twilight, so it means no. nothing to us. But <laughs> Edward know, from Twilight, yeah. Edward, the sexy, moody... One of his jokes was, he said uh, something like, Well, I've been here for 40 years, and no one questions why I'm still in high school. Yeah. You know, and then I get out, and he does this, like, weird da-da, and everyone laughs, and... It was just really... F- I love school plays. I think they are a fantastic outlet for This creative. one was actually quite well done. There was no... They, they didn't... You know, like, we've seen... Yeah. Well, they didn't wear those headsets, and they didn't use any microphones. They just belted out all their lines. Which was fine. You could understand what they were Absolutely. saying. And, um... It was a proper auditorium, though, so that makes a difference. Yeah, but I mean, what I mean is that it wasn't real amateurish, like the kids were messing up and stuff. It, there was, today, they, I think they were... Yesterday was pretty good. I today, think. I think they were... It was a Saturday afternoon. I think they were all like, we're done, and they got the giggles a couple times, right. which was awesome, because it was... There wasn't really any take. mess-ups apart, last no. night, apart from, like, the lights didn't go off when they were supposed it's to a at one point. a split second. Yeah, and yeah. at one point, during intermission, 
A police officer came on the stage. Now, this is a wacky play. I saw it yesterday. There was no police officer. This is a grown man. Right. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, I I assure you I'm not part of the production. We've had a 911 call from this building, and I just need everyone to please check their phones. So if you hadn't seen it yesterday, because it's so wacky, you would totally think it, but it was a legitimate thing, and he was very nice about it. Um and the girl was really funny. The director would came out. Remember, she came out at the beginning of the intermission She's and said, kind of stern you can, with everybody. "Yes, you can go get a drink. You can go do this and da da da." And then today, and then whenever we all came back, she goes, "Now everyone, just calm down." Da-da-da. Now today, she said, um, "You're going to your intermission, and then when it's time to come back, you can all um, get into proper play etiquette." And she kind of looked around at everybody real severe. like. And she said yesterday, you can all uh, have a 15-minute break and you can go and refresh yourselves at the water fountain. Yeah. <laughs> and she kind of <laughs> laughed at herself like, oh, Wait, that's all we've funny. got for you. <laughs> yeah. But she was very self-assured. And yeah. um, there were a couple girls who were kind of screamy with all their lines and a little bit overly. But hey, you know what? It's amazing. The amount of lines they all had to memorize. Yeah, there was a lot. It was amazing. And they had fight scenes and they had... You know, very animated things. It was great. Really, really fun. Um, so that's why we went to Ruby Tuesdays, as an afterward, because it was like a late evening. Do you have advice today? Or, or, I don't know. Don't know. No advice today. No, I have, I have advice. Go and, if you've got, here's my advice. If you've got kids and they're into <laughs> drama and stuff, encourage it and go and see all the plays, what they do. Don't just say, I don't want to go. Just go. That's a good thing because it wasn't very packed, that's for sure. And this no. is a 600 student and don't, school. If you've got kids who do sports and one kid who does drama, don't just always go to the sports one. Miss the sports one sometimes if you have to and go to the drama. Yeah, don't make that the priority because yeah. you could tell that's always that's the what priority. Happens, isn't it? It's very discouraging. Yeah. But the kids who do it, they stick to it, very good. I would say my advice is I can watch young kids behave in ways that I find so annoying and repulsive and then I have to realize I was one of them I am one of them it's just that I've had all these years of life piling up in my head like some of it's bullshit some of it's brainwashing some of it's that stuff that happens to you that sucks the youth out of you and for no reason yes I have responsibilities yes I've seen and heard about tragedies yes I've felt bad things in my adult life that pile up this crap that kind of takes away that youthful, like, that thing that you had when you're young. So everything young people do isn't stupid. It isn't obnoxious. Some of it is. They need to be taught how to behave. However, maybe you need to get a little bit of that back. You know? Don't just judge them. Because you might be jealous that they have the freedom that you don't have. But you do. Just do it. Act a little silly sometimes. That's my advice. All right, so <laughs> thank you for listening. We're going to go and watch the Britain's Got Talent uh, finale tonight. I'm going to figure out why I'm drain. I'm draining of energy myself for some reason. Uh, we've been watching. And- we've been watching Britain's Got Talent all week. Um, it's a fun show, and Very tonight, fun. tonight the final is going down, so we'll watch that. Um, so, oh, and America's Got Talent actually starts next week with a new host. I mean, a new judge, Howard Stern. I want to see how Howard does because I'm a fan of Howard. I just want to see. Don't be offended if I don't want to watch it all. I want to see how he does on mainstream TV if he. If it starts on and I don't give a shit about it, feel free to watch it every night. I don't care, but I'm not going to be interested, maybe. Excellent. Depends on the talent. 
We've never seen the American one, so you know. Mm. So, um, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidsaw.com. Catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. Catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to sayscully.com, click on the word podcast, and you can subscribe, listen, whatever you want to do. Email feedback to me at sayscully.com. Don't email SidTalk. She uh, absolutely does not care, <laughs> does not want your feedback. That isn't true. I'm just joking. Um, and stay classy, Mr. Liam Neeson. And I, you know, I can't feel sorry for him my entire life. No. But I always say some, something about him. I feel sorry for him. Because if your wife died, you'd be sad forever. Is that true? Yeah. Me being the wife, I, I think that's very sweet. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, everyone. Because if you don't do it, someone is probably doing it for you. 